Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Big Heads Media podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, your host as always, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Mr. Christopher Colon. How the hell are you, my friend? Uh, 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 Dr. Christopher Cullen. Oh, God. Are, are we going to add doctor to this bullshit title we have of yours? Every Excuse single episode? me? Yes. Excuse me? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I was gifted an actual official from Stephen Ross, Miami Dolphins doctorate of fanhood. I am a doctor. I have my doctorate in Dolphins fanhood. It's on my Twitter. Um, it's actually a really cool birthday present. A buddy of mine got me uh, for my birthday. And yes, it's official. I'm a doctor. So I'm the two-time Hall of Famer, Dr. Chris Cullen. And uh, yeah, um, the symptoms I show as a fan is uh, crippling alcoholism and um, depression. So yeah, that, that's the symptoms. If you have them, you're a Dolphins fan too. I just got diagnosed you. You're so, welcome. I just I'd like to point out that Christopher Colon is a two-time Hall of Fame inductee here on Perfectville. Welcome to Perfectville. He's also now apparently a doctor somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere in Texas, Richmond Webb is flipping over a fucking table right now. <laughs> the fact that you are a two-time Hall of Famer and a doctor, and this man who was a legit Hall of Famer and is just being ripped off by the NFL for some freaking reason after being on the all-decade team as a starter is not even in the actual Hall of Fame. Richmond Webb, Zach Thomas, I apologize to you that the two-time Hall of Famer Christopher Cullen is now forcing us to call him Dr. Chris Cullen. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. <laughs> well, as uh, Dr. Chris Cullen says, sorry that he is not sorry, and we're not sorry for coming out with yet another episode two weeks in a row here, Chris. I think this makes us oh, the shit. longest consecutive streak of shows that we have ever done here at Welcome to Perfectville. Yeah, my wife asked if I was actually cheating, and she doesn't believe I'm actually doing another episode so so soon. Yeah, she had to check the calendar. She's like, but it's still February. You just came out with one. What is going on? Who is she? Yeah, she's probably standing outside the door right now wondering if I'm actually FaceTiming someone named Samantha. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, oh, he's playing doctor in there. I heard the whole thing. I hear <laughs> I hear what's happening in there, that piece of shit. Uh, speaking of piece of shits, uh, let's say happy birthday to the piece of shit. The two-time Hall of Faming doctor, Christopher Cullen, has a birthday two days from now from when we're actually recording here, Chris. So for on behalf of all the citizens of Perfectville, happy birthday, my friend. Hey, thank you. Yeah, and I'm turning 33, which is uh, my favorite number. It was my football number. Um, if people don't know, I was very clever as a uh, high school uh, football player, and I realized my initials are CC, and that's also the third letter of the alphabet. So naturally, I played running back and linebacker. I had to find one that fit, and uh, 33 it was. So uh, 33 is my favorite number. I'm turning 33. My son wears 33 when he plays football, which is pretty cool and makes me proud. So um, cool year. I'm excited for it. Yeah, thank you for the – 
happy birthday wishes. Yeah, it's uh, it's Wednesday. I'll have the day off and I'll be relaxing. Is that is that actually why you're number thirty three? Is because C is the yeah. third letter in the alphabet and you're CC for Chris Cullen? Really? That, oh, no, I'm not making fun of you. I think that's cool. No, like, I, I no, I wish I was making that up. That's 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 a hundred percent accurate. Wow. Okay. Well, I did not know that. I thought they were just kind of handing handing out numbers, and uh, you're like, sure, no, why not? Um, well, and also I played NCAA football a lot on uh, PlayStation, and I would create a uh, a ball player, uh, of course. But I also loved using the University of Texas because of their color schemes and stuff like that. Um, and Derek Derek Thomas, I think his name was, or something. He played for the Chiefs for a long time. He was a linebacker, and he was number ten. And I thought that number looked so fucking cool from a linebacker. So I really loved the low numbers. And I was playing at the time, uh, my freshman year and sophomore year, we ran a wing T and I played like the H back role, kind of fullback mm. um, and, and linebacker. I played both ways. So the coach was kind of like, you got to find a number uh, that can ma- match both. Like basically I couldn't be 55 because I was also playing running back. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of put my um, screws down and try to think of something and I came up with 33 and I stuck with it ever since. Well, and as you know, the greatest number 33 in the history of the Miami Dolphins is none other than Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Uh, well, Daniel Thomas, I should say. Daniel Thomas yeah. is actually... Put some respect on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's name, Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe maybe it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, not Daniel Thomas, as the greatest <laughs> 33 of all time. Or perhaps Sammy Smith, the guy who got busted for cocaine, I think, as he was jumping over the pile and into the end zone. Or perhaps maybe even Dion Dyer, who uh, actually came after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We have a lot of terrible running Wasn't backs. Wasn't Kalen Balazs 33 for like a second as well? Uh, that's very possible. Rich Diana, Bo Matthews, Billy Cesare, Craig Ellis, Oof. Vic King, Nate Jones. You have a list of mediocre people that you share Horrible. 33 with. You might be the greatest 33 in Miami Dolphins history, Chris Collin. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm not kidding. And being a doctor, um, I yeah. can say this now with you know uh, actual uh, substance behind it. But you're, you're right. Like the 33, and this just further extends my curse. Um, my favorite number, like literally, I can't be proud of anyone that's worn it in Miami Dolphins history. <laughs> Do you know what my favorite number is? What is it? Five? Th- 13. So there you go. Uh, I actually, oh, I'm oh, a true Hollywood, or Hollywood, Miami Dolphin. You are, you, you pick the number that is by far the worst. Like we have a 91 that is, have, has more <laughs> like robust stature within the Miami Dolphins fandom than 33. It's every awful running back in the history of the Miami Dolphins. It truly is. I feel like at this point, it's like, A, no one wants it, and B, like the equipment guy we've probably had since the 70s, just like jokingly gives it to the worst guy on the team, and, yeah. and, and that's the running joke. Do you remember like back in the 90s, like if you were a wide receiver that was going into training camp, and you didn't have a number that was in the 80s, like if you were number 15, you were like, oh, you're going to be cut, because that's not the number mm-hmm. you wanted if you were a wide receiver. That just meant you were extra, because they ran out of the 80s numbers to actually hand out to you. Not that way now, but if you're number 33 heading into like mini camp or training <laughs> Training camp for the Miami Dolphins, you're like, shit, I better not buy a house. <laughs> yeah, but Airbnb it is, and I'm going to keep the playbook on me at all times. They might want to see me and have me bring it to the coach's office. Yeah, there you go. Especially if you're Kalen Balaj, you probably just want to hang on to that playbook at all times. <laughs> uh, just, what a callback. That's yeah, great. I'm not going to edit that one out either. So anybody who's been listening to this for a very long time is finally going to figure out one of the biggest bleeped mysteries of all time here. Um, 
okay, so speaking of training camp, speaking of mini camp, speaking of things that happen during the offseason, Chris and I were talking about this a little bit earlier today, and we thought this is actually a really good podcast, so we're just going to make it a podcast. We're talking about the best things for Miami Dolphins to look forward to, Miami Dolphins to look forward to during an offseason. And there's all kinds mm-hmm. of things. So the Super Bowl ends, Chris, and then we have to wait all the way until like August before meaningful yeah. football happens again. And I'm not a mathematician. I'm no doctor. But math tells me that that is at least five years in between when the Super Bowl ends and when August begins. So in between that time, it takes forever, seemingly, for the NFL to get going again. But they have strategically just done things every single you know month, two, three weeks out. They plan something, right? Whether it's the combine or the draft or free agency, boom, 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 so that you're constantly interested in the product, which is smart on their behalf. But not everything is important. Not everything is great. It's just things that they put out there. And I think there's about 10 or 11 different things that happen between when the Super Bowl ends and the next season begins. But again, not all of them are great. So we just figured we would actually list the top, let's just call it six things that occur mm. every offseason that Miami Dolphins, citizens of Perfect and NFL fans in general should like. So not everything's important, but these are the six that we feel are important, Chris. Uh, does that sound like a good number to you? Sounds great because you cut six in half, it's three plus three, which is 33. So that's fantastic. There you go. This is the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dion Dyer, Daniel Thomas of podcasts right here. This, <laughs> if we end this podcast at 33 minutes and 33 seconds, I will just uh, – I don't know. I'll, I'll shit the bed just like everybody who ever wore number uh, 33 for the Miami Dolphins. So I'll go <laughs> ahead and get started because you got started last week when we did the top five things to make the Miami Dolphins a Super Bowl contender again, which, by the way, thank you to all the citizens out there. We got a lot of positive feedback on that episode. We're hoping we'll get the same with this one. Uh, but just like how we fixed the Miami Dolphins, we're going to fix your offseason here with the top six things that you need to pay attention to. Now, this is not in chronological order. This is in order of importance, right? So number six being the least important of the six, number one, of course, being the most important. Uh, they're not the only important things, but these are the six most important things of the offseason. I feel like I've explained it five times, Chris, so that everyone out yep. there can fully understand what it is we're talking about. Number six. All right. Number six. Of course, we're talking about uh, the offseason, and this one happens towards the end of the offseason. I'm talking about cut-down day, that day where Ooh. we go from like 450 Miami Dolphins potential players down to 53. And it seems like a thing that you shouldn't be excited about, Chris, but I love watching grown men lose their jobs for some reason. It's just so <laughs> fascinating to me. But really, in all reality, I mean, that's why it's number six, not number one, because people are losing their jobs. But there's always something. It's like a reality TV show, like... Somebody goes home early. They're eliminated from the show. There's always a veteran. There's always a surprise cut, whether it be like a fourth-round rookie or or some high-priced free agent that uh, we thought was going to be there for two more years and is gone all of a sudden. Uh, so there's always that element of surprise as it starts to trickle down. You start doing that reverse math, and you go, hey, I still have 75 names. That means there's going to be 22 more players that need to be cut. Oh, you know what? we got to get down to 53, and there's only two left. Holy smokes, somebody on this roster that isn't supposed to be on this roster is going to be on this roster, which means – we're going to see somebody else be off this roster. It's always fascinating to me. Plus, you also get to scan the wire and see what other surprise cuts from other teams, from like the Chiefs or the Raiders or whoever that gets cut. That you go, oh my gosh, we're going to go get that guy and we're going to have more activity. It's just like a whirlwind of activity for 24 to 48 hours, Chris, and I love it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that you said a reality show because that's exactly what I was going to go towards. It's like, you know, American Idol, everybody gets this like golden ticket. That's that's like your invite to training camp and everybody's excited how I made it. But then like, you know, after that, the, the field is cut down significantly um, to where like you're kind of good enough to make like the practice. And then once the actual live show started with like the bands, they get rid of like 15 other people. And you're like, damn, I remember that guy being just ecstatic because he was homeless and he like got the golden ticket from, you know, Rick Ross or whoever's hosting american idol um and he's now like on the stage but then you're like eh, you're still not good enough um and you mentioned it too it, it's interesting because we'll get down and people will be like okay i crunch the numbers we're at 52 um you know or 54 and we're like oh we're gonna have to cut one guy but then we signed like three guys the patriots cut yeah and you're like oh shit now we gotta cut three it's just yeah it's fucking it's fun it's interesting um it gives us something to think about and obviously as we're turning over the roster uh, and you look at teams like the Patriots and even us this past season where a lot of backups and guys had to fill in and help out with all the injuries we had and, and roster issues we had. So uh, it's always good to know your top 53 and, um, you know, get the strongest guys available. You know, I, and you mentioned something. We talked about it. This being a reality show. I think that's how we should actually handle cut day going forward. I think just like <laughs> American Idol, we should bring all the potential players' families to the facility. And oh, no. these guys have to go inside in front of Chris Greer, in front of uh, Coach Flores and Stephen Ross, and maybe even Tom Garfinkel, maybe even Travis Wingfield, who's now officially a member of the Miami Dolphins. That would be good, too. And those guys are like your Simon Cal, your Paulo Abdul, and they're just sitting there. Uh, and judging, and they have to tell you what you did well, what you did poorly, what you need to work on, and then you either have to walk out of the golden ticket or you walk out of that arena and you walk outside to your family and you're just devastated. You've got no, nothing no, left. no. I got one. I got one better here. We're, we're going to make this a thing. Have you ever watched Hell's Kitchen or yeah, Master Chef? Master Chef. Yes. So in Master Chef, at the end, there's two doors, and the two finalists stand at the doors, and one of them the door opens and the other one it's locked we could do that oh. with like the final two there's like 54 54 guys we've got like you know like uh miles gaskin and then like you know darren Smythe are standing at a door and their families on the other side and only one door opens and they make the team and it like leads into the locker room and the other guy just has to leave he just walks out and to an uber the yeah yes, yes. Just, oh my god yeah and, and dallas Smythe, not darren Smythe, but um Sure. But yes, yes. Well, maybe Darren Smythe is the rookie that we get this year. Maybe you're onto something. I don't know. But right. yeah, you're right. One leads to the locker room and one leads to an Uber. And you just get in your Uber and you drive away. I love that idea. You know what? We weren't planning. To, if we did that, if that's how we handled that, this would go from number six at least up to number three on this list, Chris. That's how this would be handled if you and oh, I were absolutely. in charge of cut day. Well, they put us in charge of fixing the entire team. They might as well, you know, make it fun in the offseason. We, we we got the ideas. Give us a call, guys. Yeah. I'm yeah. Same, I mean, uh, if there's somebody Same there that arena we know, as Travis. <laughs> yeah, as, if, as, if only there was somebody that we knew working for the Miami Dolphins that could make this a reality for us, uh, I would be much obliged. But anyway, that's number except, six. Except, except I have so many uh, accolades now that Richmond Webb knows somebody even more important than the Dolphins. He's going to squash us ever becoming a thing. Can you imagine Richmond Webb, who, by the way, would love to have back on the show? He's listening Great to this, guy. and we're 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 we're, we're, we're kind of poking fun, and he you know he's a good guy. He understands. But then all of a sudden, you and I start working for the Miami Dolphins, and he's like. I I can't even get them to call me back and let me do the ring of honor ceremony yet. You let these two idiots inside and now they're cutting people and sending them on their way to Uber. How is this even <laughs> happening? Why is this, why is this a thing? I would, I would be upset if I were Richmond. Webb. We, we like unironically put our banner up for our show name, like over his name on the ring of honor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure you can see Larry Little's name, but I don't want Richmond. Hey, he's not even a hall of famer. Cover that thing up. <laughs> 
Can you imagine, Stupid. like, you know, like if Travis is listening to this, he's like, you know what? I am. I'm going to throw them a bone. I'm going to see if I can get them to work for the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to let them listen to and this, this is podcast. Our <laughs> and this is our and this is our audition. We're just shitting all over the legends that you and I legitimately love as fans. But love we're them. Just, They're yeah. on our show. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But that. Yeah. That's just. That's great. Yeah. We can move. All right. Moving on to number five. Yeah, let's just let's just stop. Edit. Cut. Number five. Number six is cut day. Number five, Chris. Number five. Number five, Sam. And this is normally higher up on my list, uh, a little bit closer to my funnest thing in the free agency area, hmm. the offseason. Uh, not free agency, offseason. Uh, but this one's on the bottom of my list right now, Sam. And it's actually uh, this week. And I got a reason for it. It's the Combine. Okay, so the combine normally is one of my favorite times because the combine we mentioned it earlier is always the week of my birthday. Um, So I always take off. I stay home. I watch college athletes in their underwear run 40s and I eat ice cream and Doritos. It's it's fun. It's fascinating. Um, I enjoy it. It is something I really enjoy. You know, you know, they're they're whispering like, all right, he's about to run the 40 now. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Why are they whispering? Yeah, they're whispering, and then the the guy from the Steelers is always yes. there, and he like you know blows the whistle when they leave too early or something, and he's super nice. But no, it, it's fun. Well, this one really chaps my ass, Sam, because this year I took off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, excited to watch the combine, figuring, thinking it's going to be the twenty second this past Saturday. Um, through the beginning of the week. And really in the middle there is when the running backs, receivers, and quarterbacks go, and that's the most entertaining. No one wants to watch linemen, you know, shuffle back and forth. Um, but they switched it. They switched it this year. It is now after. I actually go back to work on the 27th, and that's the first day of the combine. Oh, Like that's... the actual, like, workouts, the field workouts. So they ruined and pushed it back a week. Uh, maybe it's because it's leap year. I don't know. But, Sam, I'm really upset. I had these three days off. I was figuring I was going to be watching some guys throw some passes and uh, run some routes. And here we are, and Burrow's not even working out. Tua's injured, and Chase Young's not even working out. And it's not even on the days I'm off. So the combine, shit list, very bottom. Yeah, a couple things about the combine. Number one, the guy, and you, you mentioned it, nobody knows his name except for maybe his family, but the guy from the Steelers that's always running the 40-yard dash, like you said, very nice to the kids, uh, lets them know when they mess up, lets them know how to you know set up the right way to be faster, et cetera, et cetera. He has been there since they started televising this awful event years and years and years ago. My question is, what the hell happens the day that he retires or Mike Tomlin and his entire staff get wiped out of Pittsburgh? Do they just bring that guy back and he just – runs the 40-yard dash every single year in terms of running it uh, as, like, the host, I guess, for lack of a better term? What do they do if that guy's no longer on the staff of Mike Tomlin? Because it would be very odd to me to watch that and have him not be there. Now, that being said, that aside, the thing about the combine that, like, fascinates me but is also, like, the worst is that you're really not watching athletes be athletic. I mean, yes, they're running and they're and they're jumping and all that, and I don't know. Like I, I can watch it, and I'll be involved very much like curling in the Olympics. Like I don't watch curling. I don't care about curling. But if I happen to be watching curling on a Sunday afternoon during the Winter Olympics, I am all in. So like if I stumble across the combine, I'm watching it. But I'm not making an appointment television. That's why it's low on my list. Uh, also, out of solidarity to you, because it's screwing up your birthday thing, I understand that you like watching it, and, and you're not going to be able to. Um, but then I, I watched something today, Chris, and Joe Burrow, uh, they measured his hand, and it's nine inches. And Tua, his hand is ten inches. And I'm like, ha, that guy's got girl hands. He's not going to do anything for the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. And then I looked at the last two quarterbacks to start 50 or more games or throw, like, 
500 passes or whatever, and it was Chad Henney and uh, Ryan Tannehill who also had nine-inch hands, and I'm like, oh, maybe Joe Burrow's going to come to the Miami Dolphins because it seems like there's a precedent that's been set. So I love, like, the weird intrigue that involves. Like, the measurements are funny. Like, I remember Chris Leak when he was the quarterback for the Florida Gators, and he uh, went there for the combine, and they measured him at six feet even. And he gave out this sigh that, like, not only came out of his mouth but out of his ass and every other single hole. Like, he was he was like a little kid trying to be tall enough to get on the ride. And there was something about <laughs> being six feet versus 5'11 and three quarters that was going to make or break whether he made it to the NFL or not. Just that weird intrigue of what measurements and what prototypical person is supposed to be, how fast is fast, how slow is slow. I love all that, but I can't sit there and watch it for four days, Chris. That's why it's low on my list. So for me, and, and I'll kind of defend myself here a little bit, uh, when I do this and I take off and usually watch the combine, I'm usually, you know, hungover shit because I have the days off. I'm not working. I have it's the good hangover myself. programming. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Lay on the couch. You just drop some ibuprofen and just kind of sit there and like, wait, what did he say Joe Burr's hand size was? Oh, that's kind of crazy. I'm going to grab a ruler and measure my hand. I, I honestly legit tried to do that today during the day when I found out that his hands are only nine inches. I'm like, I wonder how big my hands are. How are they measuring these? And I couldn't find a ruler, and it did, I couldn't do it. But I will do that Did they do it like sure. a television? Do they go corner to corner? Like, do they go pinky to thumb? Like, how does yes. that work? Yes, yeah, it's from do. thumb okay. tip to pinky tip. So it's the basically the width. And it makes sense because that's how you're gripping the football, right, all the way around. Yeah. So that, that's a good measurement. I was thinking maybe they were doing it from, like, you know, middle finger to wrist. But that, that would be silly. Yeah, exactly. Unless they're like you know measuring high five ability or something, but um, I don't know if you saw Joe, Joe Burrow's uh, tweet about his hand size because it was no. fucking classic. So Joe, Joe Burrow tweeted, um, and I mean this is a guy going through the biggest <laughs> job interview of his life and possibly most likely the first overall pick. He tweeted, and I quote. Considering retirement after I was informed the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands, please keep me in your thoughts. That <laughs> currently has 125,000 likes on Twitter. That guy's got a sense of humor. I love it. Yeah, he's got a sense of humor, which means he could play quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And given that the last two quarterbacks with nine-inch hands were Ryan Tannehill and Chad Henney, it seems like it's going to happen for some reason. Yeah, but so did he have uh, a weird thumb that like looked like a toe? No, I don't Ryan know. Ryan Tannehill that he had, had those, and the, those That's are true. still to this day very weird. Yeah, but you know what? Ryan Tannehill is such a good-looking dude, and he's got a good-looking wife, and he's got a good-looking you know, future that he needed to have something ugly. And having ugly toe thumbs, that's fine. That's I'm glad he's got something that he has to look at every single day and go, oh, my God, I hope nobody makes fun of me. That's what Ryan Tannehill I wonder Tannehill if Lauren is. makes him put like gloves on before they get intimate or something. Yeah, she's like, turn off the lights and put on some uh, thumb casts or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. a thumb sleeve. <laughs> yeah, like a thumb condom that makes it look like a regular thumb the fuck is the show like honestly <laughs> this is going to be the one the dolphins brass are like oh let's see if these guys have somebody we can add to the oh, the, the tournament with travis we to the like, last locked on dolphins and he mentioned chris and sam from perfectville maybe we'll give them a spin and a listen what in the hell who does Travis? watch travis gonna get fired just from knowing us i feel bad now sorry we're gonna travis. get a cease and desist we're gonna have to talk about like the tampa bay vipers of the xfl from here on out <laughs> <laughs> i'm down i'm down for a second podcast about the tampa bay vipers um number four all right, that was number five on our list. Uh, number four, if if cut down day is like a reality show, then the schedule release, which is number four on this list, Chris, is like a movie. It's like a movie that you already know the characters, you already know what the outcome is going to be, but you still want to watch the story, you still want to be involved, and you're still going to get lost in that moment for a couple of hours. That's what schedule release day is. We already know everyone who the Miami Dolphins are going to play in 2020. Uh, that's right. already given. We already know that. There was the 
only intrigue and mystery was solved the last day of the season when we found out where we were all going to be slotted in our own individual divisions, and there was only two games that had any sort of variety from year to year. Everything else we can we can extrapolate out for the next 10 years. So we already know all the players. We already know who the actors are, if you will. The only intrigue is when will we play who and where, right? So that intrigue, as weird as it sounds, is the only spoiler about it. But the day that the schedule release is, is going to happen, there's always releases, right? There's always leaks. You always figure out, oh, uh, the Bills are playing on a Thursday of that week, so we're not playing the Bills, and we're not playing on Thursday, or whatever it turns out to be. We always kind of start to figure out and piece together, and you have all these internet sleuths and detectives that kind of start piecing it together. <laughs> you know what happens week one, week five, week 17, but you don't know the rest. And by the time the actual schedule is released by the NFL – we have just about everything figured out. So I love that little internet mystery game. It's like watching a movie unfold and already knowing how it's going to end, but still loving the ride for that two to three hours that all those leaks start to come out, Chris. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. And it reminds me of the times where we were on the forums and we I would just be refreshing that post, like schedule leaks thread, you know, everybody's trying to find it. Um, some are better than others. And yeah, you're right. Like the sleuths, they, they have like a math and a spreadsheet. So they look and exactly like you said, they're like, well, we know we don't play the bills on uh, December, the week of December 12th because they have a Monday night game and, you know, and it's not against us. Um, but the, the cool things we find and the things I look for when the schedule comes out is any West Coast games. You know, back-to-back road games, when our bye week is, hopefully later rather than sooner, uh, earlier in the year, um, things like that. And then, of course, uh, any gauntlets, any, like, big run-throughs where you're like, holy shit, we got to travel to Green Bay, then to Dallas, then we got, like, a London game and then a Thursday night game. Like, this is brutal. Um, So – yeah, the, those are things you look for, you know, national TV games and then, of course, traveling overseas. But are, there's rumors already out there that we might play in Mexico this year. Right. Um, yeah, all, all those things. It's, it's pretty fun because, uh, you know, early home games are a big deal for me. Uh, you know, Stephen Ross and them and, and um, Garfinkel did a really good job of uh, engineering the stadium and the roof to where, like, the sun is constantly on the visitor side. Uh, so we want that home field advantage. We saw a couple of years ago, I think it was, uh, Lawrence Timmons uh, or somebody on the Steelers was vomiting, you know, in the end zone because they were in all black and it was September. So uh, those are the cool, fun parts of the schedule. Gotta, I got to agree with you there. That's a lot of fun when it comes out. Yeah, and one thing that uh, happened last year that I don't think uh, a lot of people really realized was that I, I believe the Miami Dolphins played four games last year where the opponent was coming off of a bye week. I mean, those mm. are those things that you don't really look at right away. You always look when our bye week is or maybe like when a rival is. But I think we had four games last year where the, the team we were getting ready to play is chomping at the bit, is well-rested, et cetera, et cetera. And even that is fascinating, just finding all those little quirks in the schedule to say, well, okay, is four a lot or is that typical? I don't even know. Somebody else out there could probably let me know. Uh, but is that a lot of teams to play that are coming off a of bye week or is it typically one or two? I have no idea. Or maybe it's usually six and we lucked out, actually. I have no idea. But those are the things that I love looking for, which is why sneakily the, the schedule release was never this high up on anybody's list up until a couple of years ago. And I blame the internet in a good way. I think the internet has made the schedule release an actual event that is worth taking note of if you're a Miami Dolphin or a football fan in general. Yeah, and it's funny because now uh, NFL Network and ESPN all have like these schedule release shows. And but like you, yep. you said before, we already know the schedule. <laughs> like, and, and it's like Trey Wingo and Adam Schefter sitting up there and they're like, "All right, here we go. Here's actually the Dolphins schedule." And we're like, "Yeah, we knew that." Like yeah. we knew that hours ago at lunch. I knew that, but you know they got to make the ratings and they got to pay the bills. So I, I, I get it. Well, um, speaking of which, uh, that is number four. Number three, Chris, what is number three on our list? So, so far we have cut down day, we have uh, the combine, and then we have schedule release day. Number three on this list is what? 
Number three. Sam, number three, we're getting here. The top three is going to be good ones. Okay, this is the meat and potatoes. These are the ones that we're looking forward to all year long. As soon as that Super Bowl Bowl ends, you're thinking of these three things right here. And I'm going to start with number three, and that's free agency, buddy. Mm. Free agency period. Here's why for the Miami Dolphins specifically in 2020, free agency is a big deal. Okay, we need people (laughs) on our team. Exactly. We need to fill this roster out. We really do. Now, we do have a lot of draft capital. That's a good thing. Here's a better thing. We have a lot of salary cap space. That's what we need to get free agencies here. And I think after seeing how this team played and how the national narrative switched and it went from us being a doomsday situation with uh, you know tanking for Tua, we might not win a game. Steve Young's asshole speaking or his mouth, they look the same. Speaking about how we should be like looked into and investigated, and all of a sudden these players that you've never even heard of are playing their asses off for a guy, first year coach named Brian Flores, and he came in here and he had the TNT wall. Takes no talent to do the little things, the fundamentals. We're one of the lowest penalized teams in the NFL. Guys were playing hard for him. We were winning games we weren't supposed to win against the Colts, the Patriots. The Eagles, when they're in the midst of a playoff battle for themselves and we're beating them, you know, those games and these players are opening eyes and these guys hear it. They know it. These free agencies know already we're South Beach, we're Miami, you know, blah, blah, blah. That speaks for itself. No state taxes. But I don't mind getting into a good situation. Is this going to be the same 7-9, and 8-8 and eight Miami Dolphins? Or is Brian Flores really turning this thing around? And if Chris Greer and Brian Flores are good enough and are able to sell this franchise and where we're going and how they can help them, we can really get some good free agents because we have the money to do it, and I think we have the outlook that, uh, in a positive way where the players know and they're going to want to come here and play for us. And then all of a sudden the draft comes, and there you have it. That We already know kind of some pieces are filled by free agency, so free agency is huge. Yeah, even more so this season than, than others. Like like you said, we have the most draft uh, draft capital and actual uh, salary cap capital in the entire league. I mean, there is no reason for the Miami Dolphins not to go shopping. You know, we, we've talked, we've made some comparisons about you know if something's like a reality show or something's like a movie. Free agency is like shopping for Christmas presents for your kid. I mean, as a kid, you loved getting Christmas presents. Heck, you like getting Christmas presents and birthday presents as an adult. But it's something different when you actually have a child of your own, Chris, and you know this. When you go out and you find the perfect toy and you're like, oh my gosh, my kid is going to love this. I cannot wait to see the look on their face when they open this toy. That is what free agency is for me now as an adult. It's like, we can go out and get this wide receiver. We can go out and get that offensive lineman. We can go out and get that middle linebacker. I cannot wait to see how this toy plays with all my other toys on the battlefield and I can go to war. This is going to be amazing later in the year. So I love free agency, mainly also because I don't watch a lot of college football. I watch some, but I don't watch a lot. I'm not a, a college football guru, guru by any means, but I watch a lot of NFL. I watch, I watch a lot of pro football. So a lot of these guys that are actually out there in free as free agents, I know who they are. I've seen them play. I can easily look up their stats. I can easily look up their highlights and go, yep, I remember that. I remember when he did this. I remember when he did that. I know he does this well. I know he doesn't do that well. And I can, in my mind, picture how they will fit in with the Miami Dolphins. So I absolutely love it. It is by far a top three event in the offseason. Yeah, I can't even really add much to that. That analogy of Christmas time is perfect. As a father myself, uh, you you wait to that gift and you look over and you're like, here we go. He's about to open it. He's going to flip the fuck out. That's the kind of stuff that's exciting. And like you said, uh, imagining them in a Dolphins uniform or like how's he going to fit in with the community? Just stuff like that uh, is exciting. So I can't wait. 
Yeah, and every now and then you get that that clunker too, where you're like, I cannot wait to see the look on their face when they open this. And then they look at it and they're like, Great, it doesn't, it doesn't I'm not into it. And you're like, Oh <laughs> my god, I spent so much time on that. How did that not work? And then you, you laugh about it years later uh, and make fun of it and give it the number thirty three, and then you move on with your life. All right, shit. Uh, going away from three, we're gonna go to number two. Number two. Um, slightly, in my opinion, more important than free agency just because of the excitement level it gives me, Chris. And that is, of course, I'm talking about preseason, namely game number one and number three of preseason. Game number one because it's the first time that you see your team in full uniform with your new toys like we talked about when it came to free agency, practicing against another team because that's what it is. It's just a fancy practice, but it's a practice where they're hitting the other team. You can start to see where the talent's going to fit in. You can see how uh, people maybe have progressed from one year to the next. You get excited in game one just to see your team on the field. And game three, of course, that's the traditional one where they actually game plan and you see your starters out there for you know an extended period of time, whether it be a half or three quarters, et cetera, et cetera. You can really start to see those battles for the starting positions won and lost on that battlefield uh, of preseason game number three. I love preseason for those two elements. Game number two and game number four, I don't really care about, which is why preseason in general is not number one on my list. It's number two because those two games are garbage. But number one and number three, so excited every single time I turn it on and see game number one. And in a weird way, Chris, I like the fact that I'm on the West Coast and then they'll just replay randomly the preseason game in full on NFL Network at like two in the morning because they just have to get all the preseason games on. They're like, okay, this happened two days ago. We're going to replay it at two in the morning. I love waking up and watching that weird shit at two in the morning yeah preseason um to me and you mentioned it much earlier in the show how you kind of tongue-in-cheek said it's five years between the super bowl ending and the season starting and that's how it feels and there is a certain spot and it's not on our list but it, it, it coincides with this right here and that's that's the preseason is when hard knock starts when Hard Knocks mm, starts on yeah. HBO, that's when training camp's in full swing and preseason's there. So that all, to me, feels – I'll reuse your analogy and now flip it back to when you're a kid, Christmas morning. As a, as, a, as a child, you've been sitting without football since the beginning of February, and all of a sudden you're going to see your team, your uniforms, your guys, the rookies you drafted, the free agents you signed, all those things we've already talked about are all culminated now. They're running out of the tunnel together for the first time, and we're seeing – football like hard knocks the hall of fame game and then week one of the preseason that is all just like it's here and you always see those tweets you know from adam Schefter and then they're like this is the last weekend without a football game until february you're welcome and you're like oh every fucking weekend's gonna have football this is amazing and it's only august like this is so great and that's where it all begins man like preseason that like you said it's not like the funnest and most competitive but to see your team knowing football's there and it's all beginning, and that's where it, it all starts, and then all of a sudden everything flies by. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, preseason when fake football almost is real football, super exciting for both Chris and myself. This is your list, guys. This is your top six things to look forward to when you're uh, in the off season. whether you're a doll fan, a citizen of Perfectville, or just a, Miami, a, f- a football fan in general. And, of course, again, cut day being number six, the combine being number five, schedule release day being number four, free agency made it into top three, number two on that list, the runner-up, if you want to call it that, preseason football. And, of course, Chris, I will give you the honors of number one, one on this list what is the number one thing during the off season and no spoilers from out there i know you guys are yelling at your phones and your radios right now the number one thing for the off season for all doll fans everywhere number one well sam i think it's pretty obvious here that the number one thing is going to be watching the xfl 
Of course. I mean, everyone knows that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Talk about a curveball. No, we are talking about the NFL draft. Samuel, yes. it is going to be in Las Vegas, Sin City. We have the draft. We have three first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, multiple other draft picks, draft picks next year that we can utilize to trade up or down. We have so much going on. We have the fifth overall pick. We have a draft that is culminating between a guy named Joe Burrow with small hands that had 60 touchdown passes, Chase Young, who's being talked about as better than both Bosa's out of Ohio State, hmm. these offensive linemen, receivers, guys, running backs that were like actual Heisman Trophy winning or, or uh, nominated running backs that are potentially in mock drafts going in the late 20s. Where it, again, we have three draft picks in the first round, Sam. There is so many positions that we could fill with actual insane talent. Like I'm looking at these mock drafts and I'm seeing names like Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, who is just an absolute beast monster of a running back being projected at like 26. We I have saw him like, go in the second round to us in yeah, the second round. And I was like, how got, is that even Impossible. First, like, and that's okay. That just shows how deep this draft is. Sam, there's been drafts in the past where it's yes. like after pick three, you're like, I don't even. It's all a crapshoot. They're all kind of bad. Um, it's a really shitty draft. This draft is stacked to the T of multiple positions. I mean, you're talking uh, safeties from LSU, pass rushers from Ohio State, receivers and running backs from Alabama, quarterbacks from all over the SEC that are just going to be like these light-year uh, talents. And we have picks to draft them, Sam. I'm seeing names and guys that are game changers being mocked to us in our first three picks, not even counting the second round with two picks, and then the third and things of that nature where Chris Greer is completely – been pretty good at hitting on those picks when you're thinking of Xavier Howard in the second round and guys like that uh, where we got guys that are like contributing and helping from those from those rounds so I'm Jerome so excited Baker Raquan McMillan yes. I mean all those guys I mean those aren't first round guys but they're they're first round talent now by sure Mike Kisicki, uh, is on his way there as well mm -hmm. so yeah you're, you're you're looking at these guys and Chris Greer hits on those we have all this talent all this free agency money all these draft picks and, and it's all right there for us Sam and it's one of the, my favorite times of the year i took friday off so i can enjoy the thursday night spectacle that is me live recording our draft picks this year i get, I get to do it three times um it's it just at least at least um it, it's just one of those fun times for me it feels like an event it is an event and it's like an all weekend event thing um and that's one of the things you were talking about sam kind of a free agency you get to see these guys that have dominated from the national level collegiately and you're like oh wow they're about to be miami dolphins for the next five plus years can't wait to see what they look like in a uniform what number are they going to wear how they're going to like mesh with the guys next to them it's so exciting i cannot wait for april yeah, one of those weird subcategories is like after a guy's drafted and then somebody immediately uh, mocks them into uh, their Madden uniform, right? So you get to see what like Tua looks mm -hmm. like if he's wearing number five because he's the fifth overall pick for the Miami Dolphins or whatever the case may be. Um, you're, you're taking Friday off. Like you take time off to watch the combine. You're taking time off of work to watch the draft. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up you here because I will be at the draft. I will be in attendance in Las Vegas for the Miami Dolphins' first round 
with their plethora of picks, with their uh, <laughs> copious amounts of, of talent that they can be acquiring uh, via you know trade up, trade down, whatever the case may be. I will be there in attendance. First time going back to the draft since we drafted Ted freaking Ginn, um, which is about 11 years ago now, if I'm not mistaken, if not longer. So this is uh, exciting for me because I will be there. It's exciting for me because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan with what you just said. We have often had a lot of draft picks, but in a shallow draft in terms of talent, or there's a very loaded, deep draft, and we don't have a lot of draft picks. This is the year that we have a lot of draft picks with a lot of talent in a lot of areas of need. Um, for those that don't like Chris Greer, I, I, you have your case, you have your reasons, but I think this guy has looked at this a year or two in advance and said, the talent is not now, the talent is next year and the year after that, and I'm going to accumulate all of these picks and I'm going to rebuild this franchise the right way and getting young, controllable talent in here, learning our system as a good fit with Brian Flores and everyone else and everything else that we're trying to do here with the Miami Dolphins, I think Chris Greer nailed it. And I think the payoff is going to start when the draft occurs and when we're on the clock, whether it be the number three pick, the number four pick, the number five pick, or anywhere else on that draft. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend. I am probably going to be so piss-ass drunk that whatever recording you send me, I'm probably going to end up calling you and trying to send you a recording over the phone, which won't work because I will be that piss-ass drunk, Chris. It's going to be (laughs) that much fun. And that is why the NFL draft is the number one thing for the offseason, for everything. It's better than free agency. It's better than preseason. It's way better than training camp. It's better than cut-down day. It's better than mini camps, which ugh, whatever mini camps are. Uh, it's better than all those other things combined. It's the NFL draft and everybody else. That's how big the NFL draft yeah. is, at least in my opinion. It, is, it deserves to be number one. It is number one, and that's why it is number one on this list of top six things to do during the offseason as a Miami Dolphin, the NFL draft. Yeah, and you can't. We haven't even mentioned yet the meme potential, like the memes that oh, come out sure. are always so. You know, you look at Christian Wilkins doing the jump with Goodell and was knocking him over. You know, Larry Tunzel a couple of years ago. This year they're going to be brought onto the stage via fucking boat in yes. the Bellagio, like goddamn uh, fountain. Like this is unbelievable, Sam. It's like it's a dream world as adults where we're like we love this kind of shit and we eat it up. And you and I both even more then the average fan might find it just a little too much or gaudy. We're pro wrestling fans. We're, we're, we love the glitz and the glamour and the fireworks and the crazy entrances. Like that's, that's what it's all about, man. It's entertainment. So if you can take something that used to be like Paul Tagliabue in a brown suit being like, the first pick is Warren Sapp, and everybody's like, okay, Warren Sapp. Like to this now, they're like Christian Wilkins is like chest bumping the commissioner, and we've got like rappers live performing and boats taking guys out. It, it's fucking awesome. Like it's awesome i enjoy the shit out of it it is entertainment at its highest form and it's uh we eat it up because like we said earlier there's nothing going on we need some semblance of football in our life uh two things about this whole nfl draft boat concept that i have to bring up one of them was not my tweet i do not remember who tweeted it but i thought it was a very um astute observation and something that maybe actually kind of cringe a little bit as a as a white man in America uh, because there's so much truth to it but somebody actually tweeted out there so let me get this straight uh, we're going to take a bunch of young black athletes 
and we're going to put them on a boat to where they're going to be shipped off to meet their new owner. Does anybody else see a problem with this? And I'm like, <laughs> that is hilarious and also scary all at the same time because Joe maybe Burrow's the NFL. Black? <laughs> well, for the most part, Chris, let's be honest. I know. Yeah, but I thought it was. <laughs> Don't a, get me I, into that. I thought it was an outstanding observation and one where yes. I was like, wow, how did somebody that not bring funny. that up in the marketing meeting? Number two, if they do go with that plan, as a Miami Dolphin, I am so scarred that let's just say Tua Taglio Smith comes out and uh, everything's fine. The hip is fine. That limp that everyone thought that he had walking into the combine today just happens because he's got a big old dick and everything's fine. And then he gets onto the boat and he's going out and we've drafted him and everyone's happy. And then the Bellagio fountains go off and knock him off the boat and just fucking ruin his career. I feel like that could happen to the Miami Dolphins. The Bellagio fountain sacks Tua from the blind side, ironically enough. He falls into the weird ocean thing that's out there in front of the Bellagio and life is over as we all know it. Watch your damn mouth. And technically, officially, if he didn't grab the jersey from Goodell, is he technically our draft pick? Or could, if we had time on the clock, could we just like quickly draft Simmons from Clemson or something? You know what? I don't know. I remember one time I was with my sister, and she bought a TV, like a big, big screen TV. And they put it on the cart. And as she was pushing the cart up to the register, the TV actually fell off the cart and broke. And she's like, well, I'm not buying this. And then she just walked off. And I felt like, oh, my God, you have to buy it because you it's on your cart. And she's like, I don't have to pay for shit. I didn't pay for her. This isn't mine. This is their problem. And we walked away like the biggest two pieces of white trash I've ever been a part of in my life. We just walked <laughs> out of there with a busted-ass TV in the middle of the aisle. But you know what? She was able to do that. So I guess you're right. If 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 Tua falls off the boat after the fountain hits him and he lands in the water and he's busted, we can just step over him and walk away. I miss ridiculous predictions. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe maybe we'll bring it back and we'll have special guest host Richmond Webb uh, do a ridiculous prediction with us down the road there. I don't know. Uh, he jokingly but, like thinks he thought of something really funny and he mentions like us having a banner over his name. We're like, yeah, dude, we already said that. And yeah. like he just hangs up. <laughs> he just hangs up the phone like, I hate you guys. Uh, anyway, we love Richmond Webb. We love the Miami yes. Dolphins. We oh, love God. the offseason mainly because of these six things that we brought up here today. But those aren't the only things. Like I said, there's like 10 or 11 big marquee events that happen from the time the Super Bowl ends and the new season kicks off. You guys let us know what you like about the offseason. It could be at the same list as ours, or you can augment that with something else. I don't really know. Whatever you want to do, you can find us at Perfectville Pod on Twitter. You can email us, perfectvillepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We always love reading those when we get those in chris anything else you want to say before we uh we, we we shove off and head over to the bellagio on a tiny little boat no that's it for the doctor here i'm gonna go uh really try to explain to my wife i'm not cheating on her okay well on behalf of the doctor and two-time hall of famer <laughs> christopher colin uh as well as myself uh and dolphins talk uh, dolphins podcast network and the big heads media podcast network goodbye from perfectville later Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.